0: I'm Anna Lehman-Knox, and I'm the community pastor for this new online campus of Camp Hill United Methodist Church called The Hill. And this week I get to welcome to our conversation a friendly face that you've already seen. Andrew Brisbane is a worship leader in the Camp Hill United Methodist Church community, and I'm excited to hear his thoughts on what it means to be an everyday saint today in light of the scriptures that we've been exploring this month. But before we chat, I thought that today we might hear our key scripture for this month from the Common English Bibles version. From Ephesians 3, we hear, This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by Him. I ask that He will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of His glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. And I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge, so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen.
1: of my God and King the triumphs of His grace My gracious Master and my God assist me to proclaim to spread through all the earth abroad the honors of our name So come on and sing one great love. Jesus. Jesus, the name that charms our fears and bids are our roses. Tis music in on who sets the prisoner free. after the this I'm <laughs>
0: let's just jump right in. Um, we have been exploring the concept of being a saint this month. And so I'm wondering, is that a word that you would use to describe yourself and why or why not? I
2: generally don't uh, (laughs) describe myself as a saint Uh, on on legal documentation. When it's a title, I just put Mr. (laughs) Um, but yeah, among other words, I, I would use the word saint uh, to describe myself. Um, when I think of the word saint, there's a couple of ways that I would think of it. Um, one, to, in a very real way in the here and now, to be in union with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think, like, when I think of Mother Teresa or other saints, um, in that way, I think of someone that's uh, especially holy, um or reserved or chosen by God. And I think in that sense, it's important that we that we all have that sense. I think we all need that sense of being chosen or mm-hmm. elected to feel special. Um, I think that chosenness is probably a good place to, to start. Um, but I think if we stay there uh, and don't move further down the road, we can wind up with a pretty uh, exclusive religion um, And so instead I think if we can hold on to that specialness um, While seeing their life is not primarily about us um, Almost to the point of an in- insignificance. That's where I see these people um, that give so fully of themselves um, Like Mother Teresa, I think they have that, that sense um, to both have this undeniable sense of chosenness um, That allows the the ego the part of us uh, that demands attention And significance to kind of fade away, um, to put off the old self, uh, all self. Um, And I think I've had sense of that. I think that's where I find union with God.
0: So we've also spoken this month about how the word for saint comes from the word for different, and it's referencing something or someone that is set apart for a particular purpose. It has kind of an otherness to it. So, in some senses, I guess saying somebody is an everyday sort of saint is kind of a contradiction. Um, but that's, in essence, I think the beauty of how the Scripture understands holiness. You know, it is kind of astonishing that such special otherness, such sacredness, um, is gifted by God, as you you mentioned just now, to everyone. That everyone is chosen in a sense. Um, And that has reminded me this week of a prayer by Thomas Merton that you might be familiar with. I think you're a Thomas Merton fan. Um, And it's called The Prayer of Unknowing. And it goes like this for um, some folks who maybe haven't heard it before. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore I will trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone." Amen. So this prayer feels deeply sacred to me. and. It's kind of like it comes from the heart of many of us who really want to treat ourselves and others as holy, and we want to be worthy of the title of sainthood that God gives us in this scripture text, but we just kind of constantly feel like we're not quite there. So I'm wondering how that prayer speaks to you um, as you think about your own journey through sin and this saint-like holiness that we're talking about.
2: Yeah, the the first sentence, or even the first few words in the first sentence, um, the I have no idea, um, that's it for me. Um, It's this unknowing um, that Merton seems to be um, embodying in this whole prayer, this I don't know what's before me. Um, And so I think when I think of the scriptures as a peace that passes understanding, um, that comes to mind. It's a peace that that doesn't happen or exist in my rational mind, um, but happens because of being able to hold things that seem at odds with each other together. um, This saint and sinner together. Um, And so it might not make any sense in my rational mind to call myself a saint. I might not feel like it. Um, but the wisdom, I think, that's there, part of it is that if I can do it for myself, that also means I can, can do it in others, that I can see mm-hmm. it in others. Um, I think that's some of the wisdom that, that Merton offers here, the holding those, those two things in tension.
0: Mm. Yeah, that if, if, we, if we don't know, then it's really okay if other people don't either, yeah. right? And I think that can lead to a deeper level of compassion um, and empathy, you're right? switching tracks a little bit, this version, this particular version of scripture that we shared from today, from the Common English Bible, it doesn't actually uh, use the word saints, it instead translates from the Greek to say believers, Mm. and I think sometimes that the word believers comes across as a very kind of inside church language, Mm. Um, almost holier than thou language. Um, you are someone that I would definitely call a believer, but I would also definitely not call you holier than thou. So I'm curious, uh, how do you understand, you know, this connection between sainthood and believer, and what believer, being a believer, means mm-hmm. to you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think we're all believers in, in something. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think sometimes I agree like that marking of believers and unbelievers, while I think it's a, it can be helpful shorthand to like, know, um, to see the connectedness with one another. Um, I think it also contribute, contributes to the, the problem of our separateness. Mm -hmm. Um, and even with with each other, but also, also with God, we just seem to have this obsession with separating things. That's actually what I would Mm -hmm. say is, um, I think one of the first sins we see in, in Genesis, uh, uh, dis- on display is this obsession with separating things and, um, knowing what's good and what's bad and moving away from each other and moving away from God. Um, and so I think this is, this is Paul's great wisdom in this idea of the body of Christ. Mm. Um, and uh, I think Colossians, he says that that Christ is all and Christ is in all. Mm. Um, and so for me as a, as a Christian or a saint, um, I think it's someone who can see Christ everywhere. Um, And I'm interested in that kind of seeing and I'm interested in in participating in that kind of work. Um, I'm a believer that that Christ is in all um, and that nothing's beyond resurrection power. Um, And so for me, that's the the connection between uh, this this sainthood, this uh, being a saint, being a believer. That's that's what I would want to believe in.
0: Hmm. That's incredibly beautiful. Thank you. Um, and you spoke to this idea of faith community, right? This like body of believers and you're somebody who has participated in faith community for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And the communion of saints is an idea also. It's a, um, uh, an idea that we've raised this month that I think is deeply connected to this idea of a body of believers. So I'm also curious about you know, when you think about this concept of gathering both a living and an eternal gathering of saints, you know, who, um, comes to your mind when you picture that gathering, you know, and what are some of the qualities of the people who've influenced you in your life that, um, have made, have had an influence on you as you've navigated you know, through uh, and what I'm sure have been a lot of ups and downs, you know, in a life of faith and complexity.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, uh, a general theme of those people, um, have been they, they've cared less about getting it right and more about uh, doing it about experiencing and learning um they didn't seem to take themselves so seriously yeah um they kind of allowed uh allowed that allowed grace to to make room for that mm-hmm. um it's the the generous and light-hearted spirit of tom and winna maori um mm-hmm. the, the gen- genuine childlike joy and care of a good friend uh sammy bradley mm-hmm. um it's the, the wonderful permission of Chris and Faith Blau to um, allow me to be myself by them being um, themselves. Um, I think often one of the themes in these folks too is that um, they're willing to not always have an answer um, and allow, that, uh, allow room for, for that tension that's been helpful for me. I think early in life I benefited from some more certitude and some more order, um, and as I got older I realized that that didn't always seem to work. Um, and that caused tension for me and confusion. And so when I first had those experiences um, with people who I thought were really wise in the faith, that um, they kind of opened up and were like, "Yeah, I don't know either." Um, and that was such is that was such a comfort for me, yeah. um, and so helpful. Um, so I hope to to embody that. There's just a lightheartedness and an openness there.
0: Yeah, I, that reminds me of just the baseline fact that, you know, in our Western culture, we're just not really great at leaving room for mystery very often. Oh. You know, um, we we do have this sort of deep-seated need to be certain, um, and, and I'm not sure if you're saying that that's really what the scriptures are pointing us to when they invite us into this idea of sainthood, um, that it's not necessarily, you know, this concept of perfection, oh. right, or um, yeah, or any form of certainty <laughs> about yeah. even what being perfect looks like, other than this idea that we're all invited to follow Jesus, um, and, and that journey is not always clear, right? And it's, it's a really complicated, um, but beautiful mm. one, mm. Uh, it's a beautiful invitation. Um, but all of the steps are not lined out exactly as we might imagine them or hope for them to be along the way. Um, And that leads me to kind of the patterns in your life that have um, helped to establish kind of an inner strength in you even in the midst of uncertainty. And I'm wondering, you know, we heard in the scripture today, this, in this prayer from Ephesians, um, there's a line that says that you're being strengthened in your innermost self, which I think is a really beautiful image, but i um, wondering what are some of the practices right, and patterns in your life and faith that have helped you experience that kind of strength. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know who said it. I wish I could give them credit for it. Um, but, uh, I think one of the most freeing things when it comes to spiritual disciplines is someone once said that anytime you love something, um, that it's a spiritual discipline. Hmm. Um, and that was a paradigm shift for me because I, 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 like a real rebirth experience. Um, cause that meant that God could be anywhere. Um, not only in the spiritual disciplines that had been defined for me or that I was defining and understanding them, but, um, that God could be experienced anywhere. Um, And, you know, early in life, like I struggled with um, committing to spiritual disciplines, uh, doing the things you're supposed to do um, that I was, you know, that I heard that I was supposed to do, because I would just feel ashamed that I'm like, I I don't get it. Um, I don't know what to do. Um, And so that permission for me, like it was the permission that I then later saw in, in Paul who... Uh, based a lot of his teaching on his personal experience, um, like on the road to Damascus where he's blinded, um, like he bases a lot of his his teaching on that, and of you know his his learning before that. But um, and then had the boldness to go to disciples of Jesus and say, "I'm an apostle too." <laughs> yeah. um, like he just yeah. had this ability, he had this freedom um, to seem to to be okay with that. And so for me, um, spiritual disciplines that, that help me, uh, connect with my innermost, the given self, um, it's having conversations with friends about life, um, listening to podcasts that, that, that open my heart and mind, um, spending time in contemplation in the woods on a walk or in the morning, um, or at dissolve, uh, float spa, um, <laughs> Spending time with my, my two wonderful boys mm. um, Becoming being present with my wife Emily um, These things have pointed me um, to my innermost self mm. um, And I think also having the freedom to do that allowed me then to return to uh, The more typical spiritual disciplines with a, mm-hmm. with a different approach yeah. um, And it took a while but um, allowed me to, to come back and return to those things and enjoy um, some of those more typical, um, or standard disciplines as well, and receive the same types of benefits with, um, hearing them in a new way and in a different way.
0: Right. Because maybe that's what Paul meant when he was talking about being rooted and grounded, mm-hmm. you know, in love, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that mm-hmm. when we, we begin there, right. Then everything else takes on a new perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the idea that it is a spiritual discipline, just simply to be rooted in love. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to somebody who thinks to themselves, you know what? I mean, this is all very interesting, (laughs) but I am not a saint. I could never be one, you know, there are things that I've done that are unforgivable. Or I think sometimes people think that seeing themselves, in a saint-like way maybe has some hubris to it um, but it's not a humble perspective I mean how would you respond to those ideas
2: yeah um, to respond to each you know each approach there um, the 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 first um, that you know you feel like you've done you've done something unforgivable so like me too like of course who 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 doesn't And I think that's part of it Um, like I think that's okay Um, But I'd also want to say that, again, I'd echo that, like, I don't think there's anything... I think that, for me, uh, being a believer in in the way of Christ is to see that there's nothing um, that's beyond the reach of resurrection power, Um, and seeing the pattern that Jesus and Paul and many others have set before us as a a pattern of, um, of life, death, and resurrection, I think in those moments of feeling a real death even if it's suffering that you've contributed to or not contributed to in some way that that's an okay place to be that's part of the cycle that's part of the pattern and i think it's an okay place to be um but yeah i would again echo that like i don't think there's anything beyond resurrection power and i think for me that's a very central um central belief but i think it's a difficult and wonderful place to be to have that feeling um and I think to the other side to, you know, that it maybe lacks humility. Um, like I would understand that perspective cause I get it too. Like I'm confused when Paul says I'm the most humble apostle and then later says he's the one that suffered the most and he's the greatest. It's, <laughs> it's this tension that like he seems to contradict himself, but I think
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's that ability to hold those two things together, um, where the, the, the maybe larger truth, um, comes into play. Um, and so I'd wonder again, like I, I mentioned earlier, that like if we can't allow it in ourselves, um, it's probably going to be difficult to allow it in others. Mm. Um, and so if we can't see union with God um, and chosenness by God as something we can see in ourselves, I think we're going to have a hard time allowing that uh, ourselves to see that in others. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that, and. I have to say that, um, I certainly see that in you right? and I think, I don't think we take enough time uh, to tell one another that, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, not just us, but human beings in general, you know, um, cause it's one thing as you're mentioning, you know, to notice it in others, um, to notice when you see the chosenness in others it's another thing entirely I think when we actually name it yeah. right And we identify that chosenness in one another and um, allow each other to to hear and to really soak in the truth of our belovedness. Um, and so I just want to say that to you today that, um, that you are one of those everyday saints that I feel truly fortunate that I get to interact with all the time, you know, and not because you're perfect, but because I do think that you actually are daily struggling, um, intentionally struggling with how to become the best version of yourself and the one that God made you to be. And that that's an incredibly beautiful thing to get to be a part of um, and to go on that journey with you. So So friends, I get to see Andy all the time. Lucky me. But I would love also to meet you, um, you who are watching. So before we close here, I do want to be sure to invite you um, to come meet me come meet me in person on zoom or come meet me in person at Cornerstone cafe Cornerstone coffee house in camp Hill. And you can check out when we're meeting at our website, hillchurchonline.org. Um, but until then friends, I hope that you will truly know today that you are beloved, that God has made you to be both a sinner and a saint. And so with that knowledge, saints in the name of the creator and the redeemer and the sustainer may you go in peace